24 years old at the University of Wisconsin. And I think you have a University of Toronto? So they're pretty much the same. University of Wisconsin is like a Bible college for the most part. It's amazing. It's amazing how my wife and I got saved. It's, it's an exciting story. But um, it didn't take me long. Um, I was in the military for two years and then got saved my senior year in college, actually. But it didn't take long to, and you're not in Christianity long or reading the Bible very long until you really find some transformational truths. And I have just several I want to share with you that really can uh, hopefully make an impact um, you really see things differently, boy, when I, when I got saved. It's almost like when I was probably her age, um, in, in school they had, uh, the, an eye doctor came in and checked all of our eyes, and I don't know how it is in Canada, I love Canada by the way, thanks for having us. Um, I didn't bring my fishing stuff, but when, usually when I come I bring my fishing stuff along. Um, I don't know if there's an E, a big E on the eye chart on top, and then they progressively get smaller and smaller and smaller. Well, I sat down, and they covered up my eye, and, and they wanted me to read that first letter. I couldn't read the first letter. So I went to the eye doctor, and my, my mom took me to Dr. Jekyll, the eye doctor, but that's a whole other story. Um, but... That first day I got glasses, it was unbelievable. I put them on, and I remember especially driving home, I was probably third, fourth grade, I remember the trees, because trees just look like cauliflower to me, and, but it, it was so crisp, I, I, it was unbelievable what a transformation that was when I finally put those glasses on. Well, that, it, later on, fast forward, I was 24 years old, when I got saved, that's how the world, how crisp and clear the world now, politically, Socially, uh, obviously, uh, theologically, be things became so crystal clear to me. Wow. I was a, a history major. I was going to become a, a, a teacher in, in high school. And it's like turning on the lights. It truly was for me. It was a thrill. So one thing that I learned and I'd like to share with you uh, several profound things. We'll see how much, how, how much of this I can get through. Oh, there's a big clock right there. Um, is the most powerful thing in the world. And I'd like to ask some of the kids if they have a guess. What do you think the most powerful thing in the world is? In the world. Go ahead, sir. God. God he's in heaven. Right here on earth. That's a, I figured that's what most people would say. What do you think the most powerful thing in the world is? That's good. That's not, I'm sorry. That is really good. <laughs> that's not, a, yes. Well, that's an excellent answer. Get this. <laughs> Do you realize the tongue? Do you realize the power that that thing has? There's people my age, 29 years old. <laughs> There's people my age. Now listen, kids. Kids, listen. And adults. There's people my age. They remember getting teased in junior high school. Wow. 
how powerful our words can be. It literally, the Bible says, it, it will, it physically, you can physically hurt somebody with your tongue. Physically. Husbands, be careful. Wives, be careful. The power of that saying right there. Now, not only do you have the power to hurt somebody deeply, something that they will remember literally the rest of their life with what you say. But do you realize you can, you can make somebody's day, you could make somebody's week, you can make somebody's month. I love uh, when you're introduced somewhere and they say all these wonderful, amazing things about you, right? <laughs> and you know, like, well, whatever. Okay. But you know what? It's like, yeah. And you know, for a little while, you're like, you're like walking on air. It's like, man, they, they really think highly of me. Some of those things they said. So not only can you hurt somebody deeply with your tongue, you can lift somebody up. You can, make, you can make their day, you could make their year with just something you say to them. It's amazing, a pastor has mentioned this just in the last couple weeks because he, he had a, a great sermon and, and I, I mentioned it to him and, and kind of in closed doors, he said, you know, you'd think a pastor hears that all the time, but we really don't. We really don't. Man, I can knock one out of the park. And I know people are appreciative. But when's the last time you went to somebody that really means a lot in your life and said, boy, you are a blessing. I appreciate you so much. My son just the other day, I'm gonna remember this for a long time. He, uh, Luke, him and, him and his sister just got their driver's license, so they're pretty excited about that. And they went off, uh, they went shopping, which happens a lot now all of a sudden. And on our bed, I got a sleeve of four sodas, cream, my favorite soda, and root beer. And this is a 16-year-old boy. Said, Dad, I really appreciate everything you do for us. Maybe he wanted the car keys again or something. I don't, maybe there was something. <laughs> but kids, you wouldn't believe what that would do for your mom or dad. Or for a pastor. Or for a wife. Or for a husband. Especially a husband. Husband needs it really bad. That thing right there. And that, I don't know if Canada, I don't know if you have this show... So that's one of the first things. That's, that's, a, that's a big thing I learned. I don't know if you have in Canada Antique Roadshow. Anybody? Oh, praise the Lord. All right. That makes this illustration even better. The Antique Roadshow, there, there's an interesting dilemma in economics. It's called the uh, Diamond Water Paradox. Um, if I offered you a glass full of 
water or a glass full, we didn't have that for an illustration, uh, a glass full of diamonds, which one would you take? Young lady? You. You would take the? You would. Okay. (laughs) Your husband's going to be very happy one day. Here's a water bottle. Will you marry me? <laughs> That's why it's a paradox. Uh, now, some girls would say, this is bizarre. Some girls would say, I would love a glass full of diamonds. Okay? In fact, a lot of people would say that. I would take the diamonds. Because worth, you know, what something is worth, it's, it's interesting. Um, scarcity and desirability and various things, but... Usually people would say, boy, I would take that glass full of diamonds. Here's the paradox. What if you're literally dying of thirst in the Sahara Desert and somebody offered you a glass full of diamonds or a glass full of water? And that's why economists through the ages, it's been a paradox because it, it, it doesn't have an answer. It doesn't make sense. Well, I don't know if you guys uh, keep track of baseball cards, the Blue Jays, if anybody has Blue Jays cards, but uh, my son had some, had some cards, and you can look in a book, and it says how much it's, they're worth, and some of them said they're worth a lot, not the Blue Jays, of course, but <laughs> other teams, other unnamed teams. And some football cards and various things. So this one card was worth a lot. And he took it to a guy who wheels and deals in cards. He said, the book says this is worth, we'll say, $125. I'd like $125 for that card. And he kind of giggled because my son was young and foolish and naive. He said, I'll give you seven. Seven, it's, it's worth $125. And this is what he said. It's worth what somebody will pay. Now we go back to Antique Roadshow, and that, I love that show, but it's kind of the same thing. This is what they'll do. You bring something, it's been a family heirloom, and you think it's worth a lot, and your grandpa brought, or your great-great-grandpa bought it from China when he was there, and they'll say, you know what, at auction, that'll bring $3,000. Some blew me away. Some, some will blow you away how, how low they are. But then some, they'll say, that's a half a million dollars. Because this is why they know. They know what people will pay. And that's really what it comes down to. What somebody will pay. That's what it's worth. Folks, do you realize what one person is worth? The worth of one person. Now, we just found out it's what somebody's willing to pay is really the worth of something. Do you know what that young man is worth? Do you know what somebody paid for you? (laughs) 
what God was willing to pay for one person. Literally to have his son. Can, am I in the weird light? Am I okay here? Okay. What God the Father in heaven was willing to pay for one person. One person. Literally to have his son slaughtered. To leave heaven. Live life on this earth and we know the story. If you lose your soul and you gain the whole world, what's it worth? One soul. We, we, we think in terms of money. If you, if you had all the money in the world and the gold and silver and all the diamonds and you piled it up over here, God is trying to tell us he's worth more. One soul is worth more. <laughs> wow. And then for time's sake, I've got one more thing I'd like to share with you. Of course, the Bible talks about our life and the, the length of our life and how short it is. And he's trying to, really trying to get, hit that home with us, how short life is. And life is a vapor. And of course, it gets a little bit cold in Canada once in a while, I believe. You're, it's in Celsius, so I have no idea what temperature it is, so... <laughs> Just felt about cold. That's what it felt like. <laughs> on the way to Detroit, we hit some, some snow, actually, a, a pretty good snowstorm on the way, uh, way to Detroit anyway. But we're, it looks about the same in Wisconsin as here. Things are starting to green up a little bit and some snow still around. But, um, but in those cold days, those really cold days, you know, kids, when your boogers freeze, you, you blow, you, you breathing through your nose and everything up in there just freezes, absolutely. Then it's cold. But you blow out that breath and it just kind of, it lingers for a while and then it just dissipates and it's gone. And God's telling us, you know what, that's about what your life is. Now when you're third grade and you're in math class, you kind of wish life was a vapor then. Man, this is going so slow. This is going so slow. You look at the clock. But as time goes on, and I remember my mom would always tell me, boy, life goes fast. Life goes fast. And I, I see some of, the, some of the older folks in here, and, and uh, we realize that, how fast life is. It goes quick. But especially, and it really made sense. This illustration made a lot of sense to me. This really, this green, if you can see that, this green section of rope here, that's your life. That's about how long your life is. Some of the kids, you know what? If you're 10 years old in here, that's one-eighth done. One-eighth of your life is done. I'm trying to be a blessing to you today. <laughs> you're one-eighth done. Okay, you start a little bit older, you start getting pimples right there, right there. Right, it's weird. Right at the same time when girls start looking very interesting to you, 
Some of the girls say, oh, boys. But there's a time, this is amazing, that the girls will really look interesting. And right there, exactly the same time, you start getting pimples. You get pimples right there. We go a little further, you get your first colonoscopy right there. <laughs> you know what? Then you're just about done. Wow. <laughs> stay with me now, stay with me. <laughs> but you know what? We live, you know, we live for that right there. That's what we live for. Not we, I'm not, I'm not saying we, but you know what? The world lives for that right there. And you know what they forget about? Eternity. Eternity. Eternity is a long time, folks. It's a long time. Now, this is a 30-foot rope. That seemed like a lot. <laughs> now, imagine if, if this rope went from here to Milwaukee. That'd be a long rope. Eternity goes on forever. And we're so concerned about this little bit right here. People say, boy, you know, we're going we're gonna to work really hard and, and then we're, we're getting ready to retire. We're going to make a nice little nest egg for us and right there, right there, right there. See that little sliver right there? We're really going to live it up right there. We're going to retire and life is going to, that little bitty sliver. <laughs> we live for that. And we neglect all this eternity. Eternity is a long time. Eternity is a long time to be in hell. Eternity is a long time to find out I was wrong. It's not worth it. It's a long time. Man, I hope the world that lives for themselves, I hope you enjoy this little bit right here because that's a long time to be in hell. But you know, there are several things you can think about this. When you think of eternity, God, the, the, the idea that God is eternal, it just, it's, it's incomprehensible for us. We, we, we can't comprehend that. And there's a lot of things that God does I don't under, I, I, we can't comprehend. And that's where you go to your pastor and you, you pour out your heart and pastor, in a lot of cases, we just have to say, you just have to have Faith. Because, folks, this is why. This is how much I understand. That's my understanding right there. This is God's understanding. <laughs> Infinite. Wow. But, God, I don't know what you're doing right now. No, of course you don't. <laughs> of course you don't. And you know, there's some people, right? I'm, I'm sure there's people in a crowd this size. There's some people going through it, going through it. God, I don't understand. No, 
I don't, ex- I don't expect you to understand. I don't expect you to understand. But how about this? Can you trust my understanding? <laughs> Can you trust my understanding? And maybe that I might know a little more than you do. And then keep this in mind. This is how we we love. We love like a, a, a seventh grade boy. That's how we love. You ever get that letter in seventh grade that uh, you never, you didn't know this girl existed until you got a note. And you got a note from Susie, and Susie said, says, I think you're cute. Or, I like you. I love this one. Check this box if you like me. Yes or no. And you know what? This was me. I don't know about, I think I'm a normal guy. I fell madly in love with this girl just like that. I never knew her before. What? She likes me. I love her. Yes, I love you. (laughs) That's how we love. And then let that guy, let me do something wrong once on the playground. I don't like you anymore. Well, I hate you too. Well, there's that relationship done. You know, we laugh, but you know what? That's how we are. Isn't that true? See, this is our love. Keep this in mind when that's your understanding and you don't understand too well. This is how he loves. This is his love. And we think, God, I let God down. He must not love me much anymore. <laughs> I don't like you anymore. God, I let you down. And God says, you're not holding me up. I uphold you with my right hand. <laughs> you can't let God down. We don't understand his love. We certainly don't understand his understanding because this is us. You know what? Keep eternity in mind. Not just this little bit. When this clicks, when this makes sense, when this starts to make sense, this won't come out of your mouth. Well, I can't believe what, you know, God expects us to do or what that church expects out of me. I'm not going to let anybody tell me what to do. Okay, when this makes sense, that won't come out of your mouth. And then, hopefully, we'll understand this is a long time for somebody that we love to be in hell. That's a long time. You know, if you could boil 
Let me do this in five. This will go. This is good. Let me five minutes and I'll be done. Let me boil it down. You know, if if you're in, if you if you wake up in the morning and your house is on fire, I mean, on fire, raging fire. I have a great story about how I had a fire in my house, and and uh, I don't have time to explain it. But if you were in a fire. And you do the old touch the door thing and your door's hot. This is what happens. Instantly this happens. Things become, priorities become real quick. I mean, right, right in line. There's one thing. If you could boil it down to one thing. I heard somebody call it the irreducible minimum. One thing. I gotta get out of here. One, one thing. Ladies, it won't even enter. I wonder how my hair looks. It's not going to matter. What kind of car is in the driveway? It doesn't matter right now. You're not going to look for the right outfit to wear. Do these shoes match? Should I, can I be seen out there with these shoes and this outfit? <laughs> That's not going to matter. There's one thing that's forefront in your mind. I need to live. I need to live. We know if we could take life and we could boil it down to one, one thing, one thing. The number one priority, the irreducible minimum if we could boil it down, one thing. People need Jesus Christ. That's it. People need Jesus Christ. Yes. Crystal clear. You know, we, we spend so much time on this little bit. And see, that's exactly what Satan wants. We're, we're concentrating on our own little life and our own little time span that much. And people, the rest of the world, needs Jesus Christ or they will spend eternity in hell. Unfortunately, sometimes it takes a fire for that to click up here. Let's pray. Father, we sure love you. And there's so many things I keep learning about you and learning about life and what a, what a profound change you've made in me. What a profound change you've made. You, you've transformed my mind. And I pray that just some of these things that I've learned throughout my life, throughout my time as a Christian, it would be a challenge and a help to these dear folks. I thank you for this opportunity. I never, ever take lightly the opportunity I have to, to teach and preach your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.